It's Great Mondays Radio. I'm Josh Levine, your host, founder of Great Mondays. We help executives from hypergrowth technology and social enterprise organizations build cultures that attract, engage, and retain top talent. If you'd like to be a guest on our program, hang out for about 20 minutes and I'll tell you how. Welcome back to Great Mondays Radio. Uh, with me today is the incredible uh, executive coach and leader, Maria Judice. I am so excited to have you here. We've known each other for a long time, um, and I've, I've followed you closely throughout your career and looked up to you as, as a design leader, and I'm just so thrilled that you were able to, to join me. So thank you so much for being here. I love you. And it's so great to see you. You're still <laughs> good. Very, I hope uh, you're setting the bar high. Very the... Still hot. Still hot. Still positive. Setting the bar high for all my other guests who are not going to say I love you at the beginning. You're making me blush. All right. Yes. So yes. Maria, um, yes. this this is, you know, my, my passion in life is um, company culture and mm-hmm. help organizations learn about that. And the reason why I want to have these conversations is to help more organizations really understand the power of culture and how mm-hmm. to use that as a business tool. Now you've, you have had, a, a, like I said, a long and storied career. You started as the founder and owner of Hot Studio, which was acquired by Facebook. And then you were at, at Facebook as the director of product design. And then you moved um, to Autodesk as the VP of experience. And so I feel like those, there's probably a lot of amazing stories about being a leader in those different scenarios, those different kinds of situations, and how culture played a role. So I'm hoping that you could tell us, maybe you can start us off with when, you know, when culture first became prevalent in your mind as a leader, what was, you know, what happened? How did that, how did that, like, did you have a surprise moment? Was it something that you always thought about? What, where was that? Where was that moment? Yeah. Well, you know, I think of leading with culture the same as leading with people. You know, leading from the, you know, the people from the center of business lies, the people who are working to achieve a goal or a mission. And so I would say culture has been sort of my secret weapon Mm. throughout my professional life from the very, very beginning of my career. I really was sensitive to the environment to which I was working in. And when I, you know, I I started my career working for people. um, But when I had an opportunity to become a leader in an organization, I very much led with setting the tone, both as a leader and also designing the environment to which people would work in. Because I really believed early on, if you are good to people and they believe in your mission, they are going to work really hard, not only on your behalf, but on the people that they're working around. And I think that that has been my success ingredient when you look, you know, starting at 24 years old to where I am today. It's always been creating an environment a culture where people feel creative and that that their best self can be present. When you 
when you first started Hot Studio, or let's say more specifically, when Hot Studio started to become really successful and scale, yeah, what? Tell me about the that intention, that leadership intention, because that was, I mean, that's that's a new moment. That's the first time when you're really going to be a manager of a, a real large, not just a team, yeah, but like an organization. Mm-hmm. I have to say. So, a, a, a large part of this has to do with being a woman and starting out in environments where it was mostly dominated by men. Oh, interesting. And so um, I just I just recognized I was a different type of leader back in the day. Mm, so yeah. even in the early days of Hot Studio, I was one of the very, very few women leaders of a design studio. My competitors were all men. And so, you know, the best thing you can do is differentiate in the marketplace. That's right. Right. right, So, so I, I was an alternative to other design studios. Now we all were competing for the same clients. We all were, we all cared about quality and attracting the most talented designers, designers in a broad sense, because there's researchers and business people, right? So designers in a broad sense. We all knew that we were only as good as the people that worked for us. And so by creating a culture of inclusiveness, of fun, Mm. not taking yourself too seriously, but doing serious work, um, paying attention to families and supporting families and being a good role model, all of that felt to me like a competitive differentiator. And because of that, I was able to attract a really diverse group of people to Hot Studio. When you, so, I mean, so you're really on the, the forefront of a, a more, I mean, you just use the word inclusive leadership before it became a buzzword. Yeah. Was, um, I remember very clearly Hot Studio had started doing a lot of work for Facebook. And then Facebook was like, you know what? This is such a great company. Yeah. Let's just, let's just take it all. Yeah. What was that? Like, were you, you still had, obviously you brought your team with you. You're the director of product design. You now have Mm -hmm. more people. You didn't have, or maybe you did, but I'm, I'm thinking that you don't have as much authority or autonomy inside of a larger organization, but you're still someone who cares about that. What was that transition like? And how were you able to exert your influence in a way, or, or maybe you, maybe you weren't in right. a way that, that al- allowed you to grow and continue to lead an amazing team? Yeah. Now, I, when I, when I sold hot to Facebook, I call it my Thelma and Louise moment because I, instead of like being acquired by another company and then suddenly you have no control over culture over, you know, you're still in your company, but you have no control over the culture. I call that death by a thousand paper cuts. Yeah. So the acquisition for Facebook was, was this moment where I went off the cliff where I recognized I have absolutely no control. Mm. Mm. over culture once I go into into Facebook. I have control over how I show up as a leader, 
but I am now a leader in a culture that is not necessarily the one that I designed. Yeah. And so um, some people adapted really well, but myself included, I really struggled in Facebook. It was the antithesis of the culture that I created at Hot Studio. Mm. But but yet um, I wasn't. Uh, it wasn't a surprise to me. You knew that I would struggle. Eyes wide open. You knew you knew, you anticipated this challenge that 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 was going to happen. You're smart yeah. enough to know that. I anticipated it, but it still hurt like hell. Yeah. And um, but I learned a lot, even with the bad experiences in life that you experience. There's yeah. so much learning in that in those moments and um i learned a lot about uh what it meant to ship at scale i learned a lot how to um i was i worked with the most intelligent people in my life at facebook Mm. like the cream of the crop intelligent people um and i also learned i learned that it wasn't that it wasn't the right fit for me. So sometimes when you're in a culture that isn't the right fit, yeah, there's like, oh, okay, no taken. I'm not going to be successful in a culture like that because mm. it runs opposite with where my values are. Yeah. So you had a moment of, you went in understanding that you would no longer have control over yeah. that culture mm-hmm. so painful but then you also so that was a transition as maria the leader mm-hmm. but then there was also this experience that you learned about maria the individual yes where you can be successful and and as a leader you have control over how you show up in the culture that you're in right the question is uh is there uh can you make that work you know, based on your values. Right. How how big of a gap, right? Can you create that bridge? Because it's not, oh, it's never going to be exactly mm-hmm. like, unless it's, unless it's, you, you came from a hundred percent, this is like, I'm doing it. This is me. Yeah, right. right. And so you're like, okay, I know it's not going to be a hundred percent aligned. It's going to be a little bit more further aligned, but yeah. maybe it'll work. And you're like, oh yeah. no, this isn't going to work. I need, I, I know something about myself now. Right. But then when I moved to Autodesk yeah. as a VP of design, I still didn't have control over the culture, but it was a culture that was more in line with my leadership um, principles and my own values. So at Autodesk, even though I didn't d- design the culture, it it was much more of a better fit for me mm. at Autodesk because it was about curiosity. Autodesk let me be who I am. And where Facebook, you had to fit in a certain box. You, you know, there, you, a lot, there was a lot of control as a leader, what you could say outside of Facebook, all that, right? You are in Facebook's culture. Mm. At Autodesk, it was much more like you are a leader, but we want you to be you, you. And you, you, there was just a lot more freedom for me to move or move about the cabin. And so mm-hmm. I loved the culture at Autodesk until the, there was a, a CEO change. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. What, what to tell, well, sh- share, what was the, 
what was your experience? What happened? When did you start to see something change or feel it maybe? Yeah. I mean, and this happens and this is why I wrote this book, right? When you're, when your leaders who are your executive sponsors, who believe in your mission as a leader, oftentimes that you, 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 what you don't have control is when they leave and new leaders come in, do they have the same value system as you? And so when a CEO changes, that is a whole new different type of energy that comes in. And, uh, and it depends on what their priorities are. So, you know, Carl Bass was very much like, he was very creative. He was experimental. He believed in design leadership. This was the CEO that you came That in was under. the CEO that I, when I joined Autodesk, mm-hmm. and then there was a switch to the current CEO at Autodesk where he had much more business acumen and design wasn't a big priority for him. Mm-hmm. And he's a great leader and he's a nice man, but it wasn't consistent with the things that I cared about. Yeah. And so it wasn't a good fit and I had to go. Well, so you're modeling or telling the story about modeling what um, I will often share with uh, colleagues and um, people that are in situations where it's like, what if my team, my leadership team, what if the executive doesn't believe in it? And the first thing I'll say is, well, you have your own sphere of influence that you can actually control. But then there is a, a limit to that. And, yes. and ultimately, you have to decide whether this is someplace that you can live or not. Yeah. That, that becomes really important. So um, you mentioned your new book. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about it? I know you have, I have it, it there. right here. My, change, my fabulous change, book. Change Makers. Awesome. Congratulations. This is yes. your fourth book. My fourth one. Um, tell, tell me a little bit about... Uh, change makers. Why did I you write it so much? Oh, good. Yeah. Well, that's good. <laughs> okay. I'm glad yeah. It's takes a it's, lot of time. It's done in collaboration with my longtime collaborator, Christopher Island, who is a woman. She owned, uh, when I ran hot studio, she owned a very famous design research company in Silicon Valley called Cheskin research. Yeah. And she had sold her company to WPP. So she's been somebody who has been a friend and a mentor. And we have very complimentary skill sets. Like she's a brilliant writer. And so her words are in this book, but also our collaboration in terms of content and what's important and mission, mm-hmm. all that. We are great, great collaborators. I like to say we're we're members of a band. Yeah. We have very different skill sets, but they work really well together. And it's a book that I feel passionately that needed to be out in the world because when we talk about successes and failures in my career, yeah, my job ended at Autodesk, a job that I loved um, because I was, you know, technically pushed out, right? Because my leadership was not in alignment with what the new leadership wanted mm-hmm. and valued. And it was a pretty traumatic experience for me. Here I am, this overachiever. I mean, this is my fourth book. And, yeah. you know, I ran a successful company. Like, I, like, pushed the limits for achievement. Yeah. I'm, like, that straight-A student in high school that you either love or hate. But I was a very cool, smart kid. So yeah, yeah. a lot of people I- love me. <laughs> um, very cool. Still and very I cool. suddenly was, like, 
all right, let's just say, okay, pushed out, laid off, you're fired. You know, you're you're out of a job. And I went through this really like real low point. Like, who am I? How mm. did this happen? Right. I was killing it at Autodesk. I was making incredible progress. I was there two years. I had four, I wanted four years at Autodesk. It was cut short. This is typical for people in high-level leadership positions, especially design leaders who are now finding themselves in the C-suite, but right. they are they are like a different animal than what's up there. You know, they are coming in from a human-centered perspective. Mm. They're looking at the world very differently, and it requires enlightened leaders to see the value of, and it might not just be design, with more diverse people at high levels of the organization, they're going to be bringing their life experiences in where they may not, it might not necessarily be the right fit, or they might not be with leaders who understand the context to which they're, they're, they're coming in. So there's a different set of skills when you're up at that level where you are impacting cultural change, right? So design leaders are now moving up. They're moving out of domain excellence to management excellence. And now suddenly change culture excellence. They are change agents at the C-level. Mm -hmm. So they are culture change agents, whether they like it or not. And it's a whole new set of skills. And many of us are just learning on the job to be at that level. And so this book was written to share best practices so they don't have to figure it out like the, many wow. of us had to. And so I interviewed over 40 people over the three years of through the pandemic. And so this book contains lessons learned, um, successes and failures from some of the top leaders in our industry so that other people don't have to go through the same uh, discovery. And that's why this book is so important because- uh yeah. It is it 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 has so much rich uh learnings from people and they share their vulnerabilities. They share, oh, I did this and it didn't work. Or I went into this meeting and I got beaten up like a piñata and here's how I handled it. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. So, I mean, it's a it sounds like it's a handbook for kind of new a new generation of leaders, design leaders. Um, and learning, you know, what it takes to actually survive because it's not, it's not easy. And you're working against, I mean, you started your, your, the entirety of your career being, you know, a bit of a firebrand. And then you became the only woman owner of a design shop, um, amongst, a, you know, a crowd of, you know, old white men who've been there forever and continued your career, you know, staying true to yourself. And so being able to, codify that not only for yourself, but, but using your experience to surface that for others, I think is really powerful. Amazing. Maria, it has been so, so wonderful to hear a little bit about your incredible history and, and narrative. Um, your new book is out and available now, Changemakers, Maria Judice and uh, Christopher Island. And you can get that anywhere is it books are sold <laughs> anywhere books are sold anywhere you want to get that um maria judice is an executive leadership coach 
And um, can be, where can people find you? Where can they connect with you? You can, uh, you know, I'm on all the social channels, but the best way to reach me is through LinkedIn. Through LinkedIn. Maria Judice, um, thank you so much. I appreciate you coming on Great Mondays Radio. And uh, we wish you all the best on your book sales and whatever the next adventure is uh, in your life. Namaste. Namaste. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Great Mondays Radio. Hey, if you want to be a guest, head over to greatmondays.com slash radio. We'd love to hear from you. And if you think this episode was interesting and your friends and fans would enjoy it, please share on social media. And if you want to get more people to understand the power of company culture in business today, please rate and review Great Mondays Radio on your podcasts app or podcast feed. It really helps us reach more people. If you want to make sure to hear more candid conversations with culture leaders, subscribe to Great Mondays Radio. And I'd love to connect with you. Find me on LinkedIn at aka Josh Levine, on YouTube at Great Mondays. And you can always email me, josh at greatmondays.com. Find out more about our work with hypergrowth technology and social enterprise organizations, or grab a copy of our book at greatmondays.com. I'm Josh Levine. Thanks for listening to Great Mondays Radio. Peace. Peace.